Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 58. Today we are starting a new topic series. Let's talk about identity. Hello, father. Hello, daughter. Good topic. I love this topic. You know I do. And I have an exciting icebreaker, courtesy of one of our listeners. This one is from Claudia. And she says, could you share what kind of music or song brings you joy? <laughs> you know, really, that's a good question. Depends on the mood I'm in. I I, uh, <laughs> I actually kind of like big band sort of music. So uh, I remember I listened to enough Nat King Cole <laughs> when I was little that Ben used to call it daddy music. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say uh, I tend to lean that direction for something that makes me smile. But I got a whole bunch of them. I like like Happy by Farrell. Was it from? Farrell, yeah. Yeah. Is that how you say Farrell? For, no. Slash, I guess that's how I've said it. I don't know. <laughs> so, and then, you know, then uh, I like the old uh, Christian stuff I grew up on, like Keith Green and Russ Taff and you know, that sort of thing. Yes. It definitely depends on my mood and situation, but there is one artist who will always bring me joy, and my father knows exactly who I'm going to say. I do. <laughs> do you want to say it? It's Brian Duncan. Brian Duncan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have such a nostalgia for Brian Duncan. I mean, I don't know. You guys must have played his music all the time or something yeah. when I was a baby because literally it he stand, his voice – feels like my father's voice or something you know like it, it, there's there's um yes i to put it this way i have some of his songs as my alarms and usually if you make a song your alarm you get tired of it or you don't like it anymore i have never gotten tired of it now i don't just listen to him all the time like i listen to many different yeah. artists and many different things but if i just need to feel comfort and some joy brian yeah. duncan well and you like the uh the soundtrack from the story was it? Oh yeah, I love that. The um yeah, the the Bible edition called The Story. Uh there was a soundtrack with many Christian artists who came together and they would like each take a Bible character and um it's called Music Inspired by the Story. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, yeah. I like no, that. I remember album. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talking about that one quite a bit. Yeah. So there are some fun ones. Well, today we're setting up the topic for understanding our identity in Christ. And then we'll take a nice hike, digging deeper into both the brain science of identity and the New Covenant biblical realities of identity. Identity is indisputably important, whether we're considering individual identity, group identity, cultural identity, and beyond. Um, Yeah, we've talked about identity before during our FISH series last year, and I'm really excited to come back for a deeper dive. So let us start with the 300,000-foot view. That's really high. That's really high. That's halfway to the moon, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Will you take a moment to explain FISH as a broader context for identity? Yeah. So the idea behind FISH is gospel-based discipleship. And the idea here is that we most of us were taught the gospel 
as sort of something like this is your ticket to heaven, right? If you all you got to do is stamp this ticket, you get into heaven. And so it's often preached that way. Like here's the gospel message: Jesus died for you. Say this prayer. That's punching your ticket, and now you get to go to heaven. Congratulations! And it's almost like, and whatever you do from now on doesn't matter, right? Because you did this one thing, and that's not really what the gospel's supposed to be. The gospel's supposed to be the foundation on which we build our lives. And uh, now there is an element of, hey, you know, eternal life, getting into heaven, all that. But uh, there's a lot of misconceptions there. But the foundational idea of the gospel is laid out in baptism. And that is that we are buried with Christ in baptism, showing that we have died with him. So just ask the question, why? Right? Why, Why did we have to die with Christ? What is the benefit to us? And the answer comes down really to one word, and that's freedom. And that I, by dying with Christ, um, I am set free from everything that enslaves me. Now, that happens instantaneously, right? The moment I become a Christian, uh, legal work is done in the in the courtroom of heaven. The covenant is made, you know, I'm entered into, and I am legally free from sin. I am legally free from death. I'm legally free from the world. But foundationally, is and just what discipleship does, is discipleship means I now need to learn how to live out of that freedom. How do I experience that freedom that has been given to me? So then we go to the next thing. Once I've died with Christ, I'm raised with Christ. And again, you've got to ask why. What is the what is the real benefit of rising with Christ? Well, first and foremost is eternal life, right? That I am raised with him to eternal life. But right connected to that is I am raised to a new identity and that I am brought into the new covenant with Christ. And that says um, that you died to this world so that you could be born into the kingdom. Right? You died to sin so that you could be brought into uh, righteousness. You died you know, as a slave so that you could be a son or a daughter. So you look at these things and you're like, okay, identity uh, is instantly ours as soon as we become Christians, but learning to grow in our identity, learning to live out of that identity, let that be the foundation that drives the way that we live, that's discipleship. And so we just keep going through it. So the S is spirit. I'm born of the spirit so that I can learn to live in the spirit. So I'm born of the spirit, you know, as soon as that happens, it's a fairly quick thing, right? Then, but learning to walk in the spirit is a lifelong process. Same thing. I'm brought into heart-focused community, but how do I put that into practice? What does it look like to live in in heart-focused community? So those are the foundations. And then those four foundations lead into mission and they, which, you know, I like to think of as kingdom impact. And so that is the fish model. That's our heart-focused discipleship model. And so that's why we wanted to take this series and really camp out on on I, the idea of identity, and look at that from a couple of different aspects as we go go through that. Excellent. Okay, we can move down to the 30,000. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, explain to us why you find this topic of identity so crucial. So I think one of the first times I realized how important identity in Christ was, uh, honestly, was reading Bob George's book, Classic Christianity, back in the uh, early 90s. Uh, I did not grow up uh, with this part of my theology. There wasn't, I don't remember ever having a lesson on my identity in Christ in church uh, through college. But when I got to seminary, my dad was discovering it. And 
Uh, Neil Anderson wrote Victory Over the Darkness, where he laid out this wonderful uh, collection of uh, who I am in Christ statements. And then I came across Bob George's book, and I thought his stories and his illustrations really brought it to life for me in a way that kind of made everything click. I like the way he talked about two halves of the gospel like you know and he would say the first half of the gospel is you're you're saved by faith and the second half is your identity now i think the fish version is a little more complete uh, a way of looking at that but I, for example there's one story he told and uh, it was about a a beggar who uh was dumpster diving right for tra- and eating trash and uh, the dumpster was in back of a, a, a nice restaurant. And the owner of the restaurant saw this one day and said, oh, this is horrible. I'm so, you know, I, I, I just breaks my heart to see this guy living like this. And so he invited him and showed him there was a buffet, all uh, every kind of food he could possibly want. And the guy goes, this is all yours. It's free. It's my gift to you. You can eat whatever you want. Just keep coming back to the buffet every day on me. And the guy goes, I can have anything I want, really? He goes, yeah, anything. It's all free. It's all yours. He goes, anything? Really? My, anything? He says, yeah. He goes, can I have the garbage? Uh, right? And all, and it kind of hit me. It's like, you know, we've been given this new identity in Christ. We've been given all these wonderful things in Christ, yet how many of us are like, yeah, but I'm really going to miss the garbage. You know, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really going to miss all that worldly stuff. Why don't I... Uh, uh, and and it kind of hit me that and and I really like the way Neil Anderson put it too, which is that, um, well, let's get a little philosophical. Aristotle said that who we are is derived by what we do, but the, Neil and others have flipped it the other way, and that is what we do comes out of who we are, and I think that's the more accurate statement. That uh, you know. And a lot of this gets back to the way that I see myself. If I see myself as a loser. I'm going to tend to live like a loser, right? If I see myself as someone who is special, I'm going to tend to to live out of that. If I see myself as somebody that nobody could possibly love. So it's going to affect the way I live. So all of these things, why is identity important? Because the way that I see myself is such a powerful driver of uh, the way that I live. Yeah. Can you, can you pull that into uh, like everyday living a little bit? So, for example, you know, I, I did a uh, uh, an overseas Zoom meeting this morning with a, a group of medical professionals, and somebody was praying for me, and they just texted me beforehand and said, you know, I feel like the Father just wanted me to remind you that you're a child of the Mighty King. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, don't be intimidated. Don't worry about this. You have nothing to prove. Just go, you know, be who you are. Uh, and so that was something like just today that came came up. Just as quick reminder, you don't have to earn everything you get. Just go be yourself. God loves you the way you are, you know. And uh, you know, so on a daily basis, there's reasons to remember and remind yourself of these things. Yeah, that's a really good. So, did example. you have something in mind when you asked uh, that? I'm curious. I mean, like, not. I I do have a kind of a book quote that I was thinking about about reading from your book, but I I was curious what would come to mind for you, and that was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I have a, I pulled a book quote from A Deeper Walk. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> um, but you wrote, the foundation of the Christian life is our identity in Christ. 
Bad things happen when that foundation collapses, in the same way when we do not understand our identity in Christ, or if the devil's lies rob us of that solid foundation, it can impede the flow of the Spirit within and keep us stuck. It's a good quote. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, and that's, again, I learned a lot of this from other people along the way. There's been a lot of people who've taught on grace, taught on exchange life, taught on, you know, uh, taught on identity in Christ in the past. It's not an original idea to me, but it was understanding that there are, uh, that when that foundation is shaky, everything else gets shaky. And I, I think of the story of my, my dad, you know, your grandfather told, told about, uh, meeting with a missionary, a young single missionary, uh, and who was ready to come home, and he walked her through this idea of: Do you see God as an authority that you have to um, be submissive to that authority? And if you're good enough at doing that, he'll he'll give you affirmation and and accept you. Or is it the other way around? You know, are you already accepted because of what Christ has done for you? And it moves in exactly the opposite direction. And she had never even thought of that before. She had such a performance-based approach to to living. The reason she wanted to come home from the mission field was she felt like a fraud. She felt like a failure, like she didn't really measure up. And uh, for the first time in her life, she discovered that to be a daughter of God, if God is the king of the kingdom, right, then that makes her a princess. And she had literally never heard that before, never thought of it that way before. And it changes the whole way you live. And that's why, you know, you see this in movies sometimes, like I'm knighting you, I'm giving you a title. Now that you're a knight, go live like a knight, you know, go live like a knight of the realm. Now that you are... Yeah, you, know, you see that even in Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan knights Peter first. You know, you're what Sir Wolfsbane or something like that. Peter oh, yeah. Wolfsbane, right? And knight of the Narnia, and that title, or you see it in, in a movie like Gladiator, where he turns around, and he says his name, you know, Ma- uh, Maximus, commander of the Felix Legions. All the things that he says with that, it's like his identity uh, is what drives everything else. That is the foundation out of which the life comes. And so we see that over and over again, that if we're shaky on our identity, our life is going to be shaky. Yeah. So with this in mind, do you want to walk us through an overview of where we're going on this, this trek into identity? We're going to spend a lot of episodes. We're going to, we're We're taking a, we're taking our time on this because, you know, we have the opportunity with podcasts to actually unpack some of these things and not always be at the 30,000 foot level. And so first we're going to take a few episodes to uh, look at uh, how God designed the brain and attachment and how God designed us to learn identity, which is fascinating because I only knew identity as a set of beliefs that you uh, learn to incorporate into your life. And that's, that's good. And we're going to spend a lot of sessions on, on those beliefs but uh, understanding that God designed our brains to form an identity through attachment seems really important, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a few sessions to try to unpack that. And then we're going to go, so I call that attachment-based uh, identity. And then we're going to go to the belief-based identity. And we'll look at, well, what does the world try to get us to believe? How does the world try to shape our our, our identity and then how does the kingdom and the spirit and and, and Christ, what does a, a, a grace-based identity look like versus – so the world tries to give us a performance-based identity, and God gives us a grace-based identity. And uh, our brains learn a relationally-based identity, right? So we're going to take a look at um, 
the topic of identity from all three of those perspectives. Huzzah! <laughs> I'm excited for um, every path. And we're also going to get into, uh, for instance, next episode, we're going to take a little time to talk about the biblical reasons for why, yes, the brain science is important. Um, and it's it's amazing how God has designed us to the attachment and and relationship really is at the heart of our identities. And that's a beautiful thing. Could you, I'm thinking about how when we talked about fish uh, in our initial series, it was in juxtaposition with the broken discipleship factory and that there's so much, um, there are so many things that have been broken in the way that we approach uh, discipleship. Could you maybe apply that sort of juxtaposition with identity, like ways that you have seen people's approaches sure. to identity be well, broken? You know, let's just start here. Like some people have grown up in a theological system of what has often been called miserable worm theology, right? Oh. So the idea here is that I am totally depraved. I'm a miserable worm. And missing the fact that once I get saved, right, I'm that's not who I am anymore, right? That's if you're going to make a case, you might be able to make a case for that uh, uh, as somebody who is of the world. But if I am of the kingdom, right, then I, I need to get past that. But it's like a lot of us were raised with sermons basically telling us what horrible sinners we were and to try to do a better job. And so I remember in junior high, high school, thinking to myself that the gospel basically said, you are bad, try to be good, but I know you'll fail. Oof. Right? So it was, you know, that, I'm like, that was, so I'm like, well, okay, so Christianity is kind of a burden here. It's like, you're a bad person. You're fundamentally bad. No matter what you try to do, you're going to be bad, but your job is to be good. And so good luck with that. And uh, that's why Christ had to die for you because you're such a, a horrible loser. And and so I'm like, that isn't, nothing about that was appealing. Um, and so that was partly what we're trying to over, over overcome here. Is, and beyond that, there can just be all, all sorts of other aspects of identity that could be broken. For instance, there was a strongly emphasized in some circles that dying to yourself was important. Well, that's that is important if you have built up a really strong worldly identity that needs to die. But if you have an undeveloped identity, right? Like you're a little kid and you're hearing people in church say, you need to die to yourself and you need to die to who you are. You haven't developed anything to die to yet. And so that was a little traumatizing for me too. You know, there's a lot of little elements to this where people have gotten some distortions in the way the gospel was presented uh, to them. It's not that what they heard was completely wrong, but the way in which it was packaged and the way in which it was presented actually distorted their the, the way, the sense of how God must look at me. So I remember growing up feeling very much like God is fundamentally disappointed with me all of the time because I never measure up to what I ought to be doing. And that even though it's impossible for me to measure up, he's still disappointed with me, right? So if that's your view of God, right, and that's your view of yourself, that kind of identity structure 
lead, led me to like, you know what, I'm going to do enough Christianity to try to keep God happy, but I'm going to do enough other stuff to try to have fun because this is... Yeah, well, it led to a very duty mindset for yes. you that your relationship with God was one of duty and not of love. And that's something you've talked about before. Yep. So again, this is why identity is so important. Yeah. Well, and then there's the flip side of things. So you're you're... You had a lot of experience growing up with the judgmental yeah. uh, identity. And I think what today we're seeing, well, we're seeing, I mean, things are polarized as ever. Um, so true. you still get people who have, who are in an attempt to uh, counteract some of the over tolerance that you see and in, in, uh, they're getting really purist and really, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of nuance that needs to, to, be dealt with when we're dealing with identity, but I think, yeah, in today's I, yeah. world more than ever, we're um, uh, identity has become a cultural issue, and so it is uh, that aspect of it wasn't nearly as strong when I was was growing up, and today it's it's almost you know it's at the heart of the divide in the church at some level, so it's important to to get some understanding on these things. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a moment here to bring some listener engagement directly uh, into the podcast again. Last episode, we had uh, a lovely Q&A time celebrating our one-year anniversary of, of doing the podcast together. And for our Q&A episode, there was a form to fill out for listener submissions, and I have replaced that form now with a general form. You can use anytime. Uh, I'll keep a button at the bottom of my Monday emails for you to access it, as well as put it in the bio link of Deeper Walk's Instagram profile. Um, and on that form, you can share stories, feedback, questions, icebreakers, um, and you can choose to stay, anon stay anonymous or not. So thank you to everyone who has already been sharing with us, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Today's icebreaker came from Claudia, and so I'm also going to pull a lovely note up that she shared here. She says, I found Deeper Walk through Life Model. I have read a couple of Do Dr. Marcus's books. Deeper Walk was especially impactful since I came from a difficult church background. I am nearly 60 years old and have been a Christian since I was young, but never had discipling. The fish model was very eye-opening. Recently learning about the pain levels and what I'm learning in Journey Group about joy is helping me with my adult children relationships greatly. Yes, Journey Groups are great, and I'm so glad this teaching has been helpful. And does that spur any thoughts for you, Father? Well, it is, uh, I can identify, right, growing up and, and I, I don't want to make it sound like my Christian experience growing up was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what I, it, because I actually loved going to church. I had lots of friends at church. I had uh, um, a lot of good experiences, but I, what I realized was there were like booby traps in my Christianity that need to get past. And I think there's a lot of people like this listener who have had Christian experience in their churches that weren't all bad, but they were some some of them were very toxic, but sometimes it's more what I would call booby trapped. It's like a lot of good things, but there's a few a few issues that have just twisted the whole thing for us, and that that's why we want to try to address those, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to continuing this this episode or this this whole series it's very important, and I hope we can address a lot of those things so 
As we are wrapping up this episode, do you have any closing thoughts or hopes for the future? Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to this series partly because I I find that I have to revisit this issue of identity on a regular basis because it is as much as I know it intellectually, as much as I uh, have uh, studied about it, it's um, it's just good to keep coming back to the foundations of the faith and and reviewing those. So I'm hoping this will be helpful for our listeners too to take this little extended journey into the foundations of our of our faith and what Christ has done for us that has given us a foundation that we didn't deserve, but is completely free. Very good. Thank you, Father. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk exists to make heart-focused discipleship the norm for Christians everywhere. If you'd like to support this cause, you can become a Deeper Walk trailblazer with your monthly donation of $25 or more. And if you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On the Trail podcast, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.